Tie Your Laces by me, Lucy. Below is a diary entry of mine written at the age of 10 years old. This was four years before my ADHD diagnosis. 7th of November 2011. Dear diary, I'm kinda in trouble because I was rude to my parents and naughty at school. So I was sent to my room. I keep on stuffing it up. Below is another diary entry of mine written at the age of 13. This was a month after my ADHD diagnosis and when I commenced taking medication. 25th of the 9th, 2014. Dear Leo, yes, I named one of my diaries after Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh my god, I haven't written in you for months. I've just been lazy and busy. I have so much to tell you. Well, the first thing is that I've been diagnosed with ADHD and I'm on medication called Ritalin. It's good and the reason it's bad is I find it really embarrassing and it makes me feel as if I'm not normal like the other kids my age. But the good thing is is when I'm on it I feel calmer, more in control and happy. The rest of this piece is not a diary entry but a personal essay written now at age 18, four years after being diagnosed and medicated. I don't know about you but to me those diary entries were the most ADHD pieces of writing that I've ever read. Can't you feel it? My excitement is buzzing all over the page and the words vomit out without any particular detail and no con context is evident. I probably wrote it when I was feeling buzzed or inspired. I reckon that one day I ran into my room, rummaged through my messy pencil case, found a crappy chewed up pen, grabbed my diary from its terrible hiding spot and just blurted it all out onto a page. Afterwards, I probably got bored and went to do something else. Completely random, don't you think? Thankfully, I hope so, that my writing and writing process has evolved. How does one tell their diagnosis story without sounding incredibly annoying and clinical? How does one tell a story about being diagnosed with ADHD without it being all over the shop and completely ADHD? I guess they don't. In August 2014, at the age of 13, I was diagnosed with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, ADHD by neuropsychologists who described me as a friendly and intelligent left-handed girl. I remember sitting on the mushy suede couch in the consultation room right after the neuropsych had announced my diagnosis. Mum and Dad smirked in the we-always-knew-shed-ADHD kind of way. I, on the other hand, was satisfied, but I had other things going on in my brain. To be honest, I just didn't get it. After much research, I realised that the easiest way to explain ADHD to the average person who doesn't get it is to use an analogy. As we all know, everyone loves analogies, don't they? An ADHD brain resembles a jam-packed computer with endless tabs that are all open simultaneously. They interfere with how one functions at home, school, work or in other social settings. Self-control, organising one's day and staying focused and completing simple tasks effectively is a considerable challenge. It is all about brains. You can't live with them, can't live without them. Some ADHD brains require medication. According to the neuropsychologist, a combination of extra support at school, to-do lists, a Google calendar and medication should improve my everyday life and click shut many of the open tabs in my brain. Mum and dad seemed concerned. They feared that the medication might turn me into a zombie. As a result, we had several long conversations as a family about being medicated and what this would entail. Mum and dad were mainly focused on the whole informed consent aspect and continuously asked me or said, are you sure you want to try it? You don't have to if you don't want to. Remember, 
It is just a trial. If you do not like how it makes you feel, you can stop taking it at any time. Clearly, I had other things on my mind. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I want to try it. All I know is if it will stuff up my sleep cycle. If it messes up my sleep, I'm out. Unlike most ADHD humans, I had always been a five-star sleeper. Anyways, I wanted to tell you about the BuzzFeed article I read. Mum and Dad cracked a faint smile and said, Okay, Luce, what about this BuzzFeed article? I can recall in such vivid detail the first time I took my first Ritalin pill. It was not funny, as in general, I could barely remember to turn the lights off when I left a room. That day, I awoke in a foul mood with puffy, dry cheeks from anger, and the bags under my eyes carried all the petty resentment of having had a rough night. There were tears, snapping, slamming doors, and the occasional, I'm not taking these stupid meds. Eventually, I managed to calm down and decided to swallow my pride and a whole Ritalin. Something finally clicked. One could say that it was a light bulb moment. All of a sudden, like magic, I was able to hold a conversation without growing tired, bored or distracted, without interruptions and without changing the subject. I was able to hold a logical, linear discussion. The endless open computer tabs in my brain had diminished in number. I kid you not, something had snapped in my mind, and not in a serial killer Ted Bundy kind of way, but in a way that permitted me to visualize a tiny green light within my head. It would glow whenever I was about to say something random, stupid, offensive, or just bloody weird. This Great Gatsby green light would allow me to maintain a normal conversation with my parents without interrupting them or hijacking the conversation with the first random thing that popped into my head. Mum and Dad were astounded. Mum had a smile plastered on her face. I guess all her worries about having a zombie child had evaporated. Luce, can't you see the difference it makes? We are actually having a normal conversation with you, she squealed. Dad, on the other hand, was still. He didn't say much. Skepticism? Complete and utter disbelief? I could not tell. He interrupted our excitement with his teacher voice. Lucy, let's go into your bedroom for a moment. I cocked my eyebrow and sniggered. Uh, why? He ignored me and pointed towards my bedroom door. Once inside, he stood with his arms crossed. Go get a pair of runners with laces. I did so obediently, but was confused as to why he wanted me to get my runners. I grabbed my blue high-top Converse pair, plonked them on the ground, and looked up at him like a stunned mullet. What now? I asked curiously. He sat down next to me, grabbed the shoe and said, Watch me carefully. He slowly tied the shoelaces. He used the loop method that had made me sob with frustration each time he had attempted to show me how to do it in the past. He undid the laces and handed me one of the runners. Now tie your laces. In the past, I would have fumbled around with the laces, trying to manage the loop, while thinking about the movie I wanted to see with friends, and oh my god, I would have gone on and on. I have a funny story to tell you about the time our history teacher did this, etc, etc. After two minutes of trying, I would throw my hands up in defeat. I can't do it, Dad. You know I don't have good motor skills. Leave me alone. A batch of tears and snot would cover my face. Dad would grow more grey hairs and that would be the end of it. On my first Ritalin day, I grabbed the laces and the green light began to pulsate in my head. Luce, you can do this. You just saw Dad do it. You know the steps. Just tie them up. God? Magic? A miracle? No. Just stimulant medication and a can-do attitude. Dad went from being a grey-haired, 
exhausted fellow, elated fellow who looked 25 years younger. It took me a couple of beats to understand his excitement and joy. Oh yeah, I can finally tie my bloody laces. It's a bit weird because I'm 13 and still don't know how to tie them, I said nonchalantly. Dad, still with a smile plastered on his face, replied, now go show mum. Thank you for listening to my piece. I hope you enjoyed it. As usual, I'm going to read out my statement of intention and give a bit of background and then we're going to have a chat. So this was the second piece that I wrote for creative writing last year and it was for the creative nonfiction genre or module where we had to write about something that really happened uh, in a way that was creative. So here's my statement of intention. Now tie your laces was my father's idea. I knew that I wanted to write about being ADHD and my experience with medication. However, I did not know if I should write about an event or to write a personal slash political essay dispelling the myths surrounding medication. My father reminded me of the day I learned how to tie my laces and told me that my piece could be about that. This was perfect because it dealt with taking medication for the first time and being able to tie my laces on the same day. The diary entries represent my evolution from being undiagnosed to my diagnosis and commencing medication. It illustrates how medication changed my life for the better. However, the tone is intended to be comical and playful. The first few drafts focused on ADHD-related spelling, grammatical, and paragraphing errors to produce a focused and succinct piece. See what I did there? Furthermore, I focused on bringing out my different voices, hence the use of my diary entries and my comments on them. My self-deprecating humour was supposed to make the reader feel at ease with what can be a touchy subject, medication, without feeling sorry for me. So another thank you for listening to that statement of intention. Do you have any questions, comments, or things you disagreed with or want to know more about? I would love to hear them I'm because I'm so passionate about being ADHD and educating others about it. I feel that ADHD is a really underdiagnosed condition and it seems to be left out in discussions regarding mental health and neurodiversity. I mean, I, you know, remember when depression was an excuse for lazy and unmotivated people and it was really stigmatised? Thank goodness we then had progress in scientific research and organisations such as Beyond Blue and the condition now has a lot of visibility as it should and credibility amongst the public. However, ADHD on the other hand still struggles to sort of dispel several myths and to destroy the stigma surrounding it and this is why I am a fierce advocate for myself and the ADHD community. I really want to destigmatise ADHD as this sort of disorder that, you know, is just for naughty and dumb children. And I also want to dispel the stigma surrounding medication that is used to treat ADHD. My podcast is going to touch on ADHD quite a lot. I'm sure there will be moments where we'll be discussing the French language and I'll somehow find a way to link it to um, ADHD. That's just in my nature, whether it be ADHD or just a Lucy thing, I don't know, but I think it's wonderful. So before we deep dive and get into a really deep chat, let's go over some ADHD housekeeping, which is stats and facts. Some stats and facts for you. So ADHD affects one in 20 Australians. 11% of children and adolescents have ADHD, and this is according to the National Survey of Mental Health. In 2013, the Centre for Diseases Control found that 3.3 million adolescents aged 12 to 17 have never been diagnosed with ADHD. Stimulant medications are proven to work successfully for 70 to 90% of people and the worldwide prevalence of adult ADHD is estimated at 2.5%, although the figures may vary. 
And now a fun fact. Most scientists believe that adult ADHD remains underdiagnosed because the diagnostic criteria for ADHD were was and is developed for children. So it's not really compatible for adults. And it's also because adults have other conditions or comorbid psychiatric disorders that can mask the symptoms of ADHD. So now for a few definitions. So obviously I defined ADHD and I used the word neurobiological, but in case you missed it, I'm just going to refresh your memory. So the terms ADD, attention deficit disorder, and ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, are used interchangeably in the scientific medical world. They both refer to the same condition, except that people with ADHD also display a level of physical hyperactivity. Now, it's considered a chronic neurobiological slash neurodevelopmental condition, so meaning it involves a wide range of executive functions that arise out of differences in the central nervous system, both in structural and neurochemical areas. And neurological inefficiency in the area of the brain that controls impulses and is the center of executive functions. Therefore, it's not something that you develop or that you knock your head on, you knock your head and then you get it. It's something you're born with and it can often be hereditary. So that's very fascinating to me. Brains are fascinating. And like I said in my piece, I thought it was very funny. Can't live with them, can't live without them. Given that my piece was inspired by my dad and really he gave me the idea and he's also the reason that I can tie my laces, it would only be appropriate for him to be the first guest on my podcast. So today with my dad, we are going to be discussing ADHD and parenting and why it was so important to my dad for me to learn how to tie my laces. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We have the special guest, which is my dad, who goes by dad and... Dad, introduce yourself. Well, we, uh, I, I am Lucy's dad. What can I say? <laughs> I am the long-suffering uh, parent, one of them. And yes, Lucy asked me to to come and talk. You asked. Sorry. You wanted to be the first guest. Yeah, yeah, but you you wanted to me to have a guest. be as a guest. No, not really. Mm, debatable. Okay, I can go. Do you know? No, I need a guest. I need a special ah, guest. Ah, there you go. So, I was so right. you can stay. So. I read my piece to the audience. It was my Now You Tie Your Laces mm-hmm. piece. And that was your piece technically in a way because it was your idea and you like to take credit for things I do. So what I did do. you think of my piece? Uh, uh, the, the first time you read it to me, you remember, I really, 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 really enjoyed it because you've got a way of writing that is really pleasant and it's always, 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 you know, kind of um, rich, light, and, you know, you feel good. You're a good writer, according to me, you know, <laughs> of feel-good feel good stories. Punchy feel-good stories. Mm. And so why did you want me to write about the day I learnt how to tie my laces? Why that event in particular? Uh, be, be, because for me, it was really... Um, it had to be something tangible for me because yeah you're taking your Ritalin you were you were a bit quieter and well you could be quiet you know <laughs> it, it could be it was not like that for me I needed something that would prove that there was a difference <laughs> and I was not going to make you suddenly do homework or anything because <laughs> you could be very rarely very rarely but focused but it's something that you would struggle that you really wanted to do <laughs> and that you 
couldn't. Mm. And every time you tried, you got so frustrated. Cry, you would cry and anything. Yeah. So I thought maybe if she can do something like that, then it will tell us or me or us uh, that uh, it works. Mm. You know, that uh, it's really something that can help you focus and organize your thoughts uh, better. Mm. No, it would have been cool if you'd made me do homework. I probably would have started to cry if you'd done that. Would have been the first time, eh? <laughs> yeah. Well, I always cried when you made me do That's Well, you right. basically answered the other question, which was why was it so important for me to learn how to do it? Why yeah. you pushed? Well, yeah, no, for me, because, you know, when you've got the, 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 um, the diagnostic? Diagnosis. Di diagnosis. Diagnosis. Diagnosis, sorry. Yeah. No, the diagnosis. I'm ESL, I always forget. Um... um do you think about, a lot of people think about, yeah, academically and everything, but I thought academically you were going to be okay. You, you had a good sign. But I was worried about the daily, the daily struggle. You know, uh, well, we, 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 with your math, you know, huh. paying bills, yep. uh, being able to change. read the speedometer, change. Reading the time. So reading the time. Really basic thing that I really didn't want you to struggle with yep. and that you feel bad about them because you couldn't do them. So that's why for me it was really important to be able to perform a simple task mm. like... Um, uh, Tying time, my bloody like, laces. Yes. So, no, I think to ask your dad at the age of 12 to do it. I never wore laces. I purposely yeah, didn't. Yeah. And when I wore Converse, I used to have friends tie them for me. Yep. And they thought that was so odd. Or me. Or you. Yeah. Well, during school, they would get yeah. untied and I'd go up to my friend, my dear yeah. friend, uh, Ruby, and I'd say, oh, can you tie my laces for me? And she would tie them. Poor thing. She thought I was odd. So what's it like being my father? It's all right. Well, me being ADHD, oh, I'm sure every parent's like, it's wonderful being your parent. Oh. Well, well it, had, it had this moment. Look, you know what was interesting? Um, I think a lot of people have got this image, and, and I'm sure it is true for a lot of families, so I'm, not, I'm just talking about my own experience, mm. that you know that ADHD, a kids with ADHD, mm. just bounce off the wall 24-7, yeah. uh, but it was not the case. Mm. Actually, at home you were okay. I don't know because uh, it was because you had uh, you were an only child and an only grand uh, and an only uh, great granddaughter, grandchild, and, and basically you had all his attention. So it was never too difficult at home. Yes, you wouldn't wouldn't stick to an activity for too long, but it was you slept well, you interacted well with us. So it was not a problem. It was really at school. School yeah. was a nightmare. a nightmare, especially in primary school. It was an absolute nightmare. Yeah. It was not a week whether we would call in for what you've done, what you had done or had not done, and how, you know, the silly thing you, done, you, you did to, to your classmates or, yeah. you know, it, it was really, really hard. Do you think that some, obviously some of my behaviours were just, me being disruptive, like, uh, put, let's say, like, kicking a classmate's chair and all of that. But do you think that the school environment exacerbated my symptoms? Like, there's that analogy of if the whole world is made for right-handed people, left-handed people will probably suffer a lot more. And it's like, okay, well, I can't sit in a desk. You, you're it's... trying to rally me to your cause no, no, because no. I'm left-handed, yes? Because <laughs> you're left-handed. But, but do you <laughs> like think that you. some things like making me sit in a chair all day 
made it so that I would have to always get up because I would always wander and it made my teachers go crazy. They're like, yeah. why are you getting up? But it's like, Look. you can't expect me to sit in a chair. Look, it's something terrible yeah. I'm going to say for a teacher. Yeah. Oh, but I really do think that the classroom setting is not the best and conducive way of learning. Mm. However, for this amount, that number of people we mm. have, that's the best way we can. Yeah. But if you think about it, about your learning... How can you learn yeah. sitting at the desk and being, being like, you know? Yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, yes, so you didn't do a lot of learning in no. primary school, unfortunately, at school. Well, I spent most of my time being told off. Yes. Which put me off. So I thought, well, if I'm going to get told, and I was always in the office. Teachers would always say I wouldn't do any work, mm. but I was always put in the office, so I couldn't really do anything. Yeah, but take responsibility for. Oh, your I was. A, I said me pulling a classmate's hair and knocking on their seat and yeah. like destroying their drawings was my own behavior. But me getting up and wandering, I don't think warrants such mm. such ritual. So the other thing I was going to ask is, do you think that I could have could live without my medication? Like, let's say. You combine a bunch of other things like meditation, lots of lists, lots of like, you know, classroom things. Would I have been able to cope? Uh, past, present or future? Past and present. Like, would I have been able to get a job where I have to deal with change? Would I have, done, would I have coped in a classroom? If you just done it the way where you go lots of Google um, calendars, reminders, meditation or like exercise karate to send to me but no meds i generally don't think you would have been able to mm. I, I i think for me even if you wanted to this is the thing if you could you wouldn't need the medication yeah true that's the bottom line true. if you could if it's just behavioral well in time with just you know talking to someone finding mm. some techniques you would be fine but the problem, and this is why you, uh, we, we, we decide, I mean, you help us with decision, yeah, basically, no, no. Uh, because that was your decision. But you, you, you said, I cannot cope. I mm. can't do it myself. Yeah. And I need something. So probably not. And in the future, uh, present, I think you are doing fine sometimes when you don't take it, but you don't have to do a lot at the moment. It's hard to tell. Yes. Yeah. yeah that, that's right. In the future, the older you get... I reckon the better the better you'll be able to cope. Do you think I'll still need medication? Well, you 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 know that I've got the theory that I am myself undiagnosed yeah. or self-diagnosed. Self-diagnosed. ADHD. Well, it is genetic in many yes. cases. Well, thanks. So you tell me. That's uh, your fault. Okay. That, you know what? Are you That's good at math? Enough. Yeah. So mum's right, because mum has a theory that she's the cause of my dyscalculia. Dyscalculia is dyslexia, but for maths. Dad's good at maths. Mum's fine, but she thinks that she's given it to me. She wants to be the one who gave it to me. But I'll put that on to you. No, but what was I saying is, is uh, uh, I, 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 was, I, I really struggled through primary school yeah. and secondary. Terribly. And in those Couldn't days, you that, were just really oh, and, and in France, yeah. they, they was just really unforgiving. And, and, and with age and everything, I think I managed to, to have some techniques. As you know, I've got things, things that are just... Sometimes, let's say a bit strange, but yeah, but but again here, this is an assumption. I, I would need to be proper, properly diagnosed to say whether I am or not. Yeah. But uh, I, I, you look a lot like I, I was when uh, when I was young. 
Now, you've made a question pop up. You said about France, the school system there. Do you think it's worse for kids with ADHD? Now, again, you, you know me. <laughs> I hate making generalizations. Uh, I just uh, I avoid. Uh, mm. uh, okay, so I will say, from my experience, I would say 30 years ago, 40 yeah. years well, ago. back then, not Back now. then, it would have been a horrible place. But... I reckon it would have been a horrible place for most kids okay. with uh, ADHD around the world. So, uh, so you can't. Now, nowadays, I can't comment, but mm, I don't think the French system, system has changed that much. They're still quite unforgiving and still rigid. But again, here, it's just an assumption. Yeah. I, can, I, I have no data. Generalization. Uh, yeah. uh, I, 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 you know, it's just my humble opinion. No. So as a teacher, your humble opinion, do you see with students there's a difference with female ADHD and male ADHD? And do girls tend to have more of the anxiety ADHD and mm. boys to be more sort of uh, impulse control, like doing dangerous things, you know, uh, running around, you know, in a place you're not meant to run, you knock your head or something? Look again here. As a teacher. As a teacher, but even my teachers, is a limited experience. Yeah. Okay, limited experience. I, I have seen. Uh, uh, what is interesting. By the way, he's a secondary teacher. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. Um, from my experience, what I have noticed is you don't have that, that, that many girls that are diagnosed with ADHD. Mm. However, sometimes in the class, you wonder. Again, here, I'm not going to make a diagnosis. No, 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 no. Uh, prognosis saying, oh, he's got... But yeah. you can see sometimes some girls who have attentional issues and you mm. think, oh, you look like somebody who could be in that category. Mm. However, boys, you tend to know, okay, this one is, this one is, you tend to have a list and you know who they are, where girls sometimes have the, 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 the feeling that they're underdiagnosed. So we just got interrupted um, with the doorbell and the dogs went stupid. So we're back now. So what were you saying? We were talking about how you noticed that with girls, it's you think that it's undiagnosed. Uh, you can't I, tell. Yes. I reckon that there's a huge imbalance between girls and boys. Probably may, maybe because there is, boys tend to be, I don't know, maybe something that, touch, uh, that uh, affects more, probably yeah. boys. But I reckon that girls go really often undiagnosed mm. and because a girl is not supposed to behave like that and i think that's why partly why you got such a hard time with some teachers in primary school mm. because you were not supposed to behave like that boys, boys are allowed to be exuberant that's right mm. you had boys in your class that were just uh, as uh, as painful as you were but they didn't get they didn't get that much of a hard time i mean they still got a hard time it's not like they got a free pass but their behavior was more tolerated than yours. Mm, it's the same thing with a lot of, I've heard a lot of people say who have um, ASD, autism spectrum disorder, that when it's a boy who has it, it's like, oh, he's a little odd, he's awkward. But when mm. it's a girl, it's, oh, she's very strange. Mm. Mm. There's something wrong with her, but it's very, it's undiagnosed. Mm. There was that doco about autism in girls. Yes. And there's yet to be one about ADHD Um in girls. Well, maybe one day I'll make, make one. one. I will be making one. So as a teacher, what do you do and what can teachers do to help students with ADHD whilst also, also remembering that there's other people in the class and that it's not all about them? Look, I, I, I think 
Uh, I, I am not going to give sister strategies because I can't think of any right now. Um, I think the, the, the main thing, you, you, you have to be as understanding as you can. Okay? Knowing that behind that, you have somebody who most of the time can't help themselves. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> so I can say, yes, you have to have, a, you know, define clear boundaries. You know, you, you know all of that. Uh, being uh, Giving the instruction face-to-face, -face, having the students sit in front of you. Um, giving written instruction, ask them to repeat after you, all those things that you, you, you've heard about that, yeah. that, that were given that to was you given, yeah. and that we're, we're given um, when we have a student who suffers with, a, with um, that, that disorder. Um, but um, I think we have to try to be patient. And having you, mm. you know, suddenly I, 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 you, you, you feel for the, the kid and you feel for the parents because yeah. you can see that the kids can't help himself. Mm -hmm. and, and it's terrible because you hear a lot of parents, uh, teachers saying, oh, yeah, but come on, you can make an effort. It's like, like no. She doesn't when want see, to. Yeah. yeah when, when, when you see that kid, for example, it's like, blah, 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 blah. And he knows he's doing the wrong thing, but he cannot stop. He cannot help it. Mm. Uh, so understanding. However, having, you know, clear boundaries because you can't just, oh, I understand you. You can continue, you know, marking mucking around in the class. That's no, not acceptable. No, no, no. I'm being borderline mm -hmm. disruptive. Um, you or, said or not borderline. Just completely disruptive. Completely disruptive. disruptive. Yes. Do you? So uh, you said the word disorder. So we have an ongoing debate about how I don't think ADHD is a disorder. <laughs> yeah. I really oh, don't. Are, are we going there? We are going there. I don't. <laughs> I genuinely, of course. We have to acknowledge that there are people who do have ADHD who have comorbid symptoms. They suffer with anxiety, depression, um, OCD, and that's really terrible. But I don't like that it's put under, like, the mental illness. Um, it's dealt with in the mental illness sector. So I, I don't view it as an illness. Like, I'm, I'm well. <laughs> and I know I'm not the only Look, look, look. for me, I, I, you know, I, I am very... Technical and logical. Yes, I have a good. First, you take medication. Yeah. Okay. For for the issue. Mm. And second, just the name. I'm just referring to the I name. Know. I know. I've taken issue. Well, that's for you to take uh, to take up. I, I mean, for me, I, I just oh, I, I know you like to call it a glitch, but a lot of people they glitch. Struggle. It, it's a struggle, you know. And it's when you can't function. When you can't function, well, then it is definitely a disorder. Yeah. I just think it. when it's the word disorder, it implies that, yeah, well. There's something wrong with you? Yeah. And like, there that's, is, isn't it, though? <laughs> no, but the, that's it. Yeah. And, um, well, yeah, you'll just have to deal with that. And you're abnormal where it's just, you hate the word, but neurodiverse. You're just neurodiverse. No, I know you don't hate the word. No, I don't, I don't hate the words. I just it's a bit of a what, buzzword. What, 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 what? When people say that it's not a problem, though, then this is when people start saying, "Well, it's a person's responsibility." Really? That's why I don't want to make it, you know, serious illness. We're not talking about something that like is like a, it's depression. I mean, it, it can, can be. Little, it can be the, the leading to yeah. depression and blah 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 of and all course. those other issues. However. However, when you say, no, it's not, it's just this, then some people don't take it seriously anymore. It's just, you're just a naughty child. You're just not making it's an lazy. effort. You're just lazy. You're just, uh, 
you know, uh, you're not making an effort. Well, just listen. When you can't focus, just focus. Mm. It becomes, it, it, it just reduces to that. This is what this is what you wrote in your piece. Yeah, no. So basically, you agree with me? No, I agree with you. But I think what my point is, is that there's so many great things about having ADHD. There are so many qualities that can be brought out. And I sure. think when children are undiagnosed, you know, you'll see like kids with ADHD, some of them are very artistic, they're very good at drawing and they're always mm. doodling in class. And it's like, why are you doodling? But it's like, actually, they could be really look, talented and creative. Look, look, look what you know? I agree with is the, the, the word was not made for people like you, you see. Yeah. And unfortunately, in maybe in other circumstances, you would be, you would be perfectly um, suited to the... Suited to, to, to certain... You, suited to certain... Um, so situation and, mm. and school is really a terrible time for people uh, with ADHD. Mm. This I recognize and I do understand where yeah. where, where where you it exacerbates. Yeah, no, no, I know, I, and I know what yeah. you mean. That's why sense. you know I am not hundred percent on my side, and you're not hundred percent on yours. On? You know, like I always tell you, yes. What? What are you telling me? Truth. It's, it's a spectrum. It's always in the middle. It's a spectrum. Like ADHD. So, finalish question: stimulant medication mm -hmm. is what I brought up in my piece and there's mm. a stat that I used in my English oral and it was that it works, it's proven to work successfully for 70 to 90 percent mm -hmm. of children. Mm -hmm. If you didn't, so putting me aside, ha having taken medication and it mm. working wonderfully, if you hadn't had that, what would you have thought of stimulant medication? Oh, so basically your question is, what were my thoughts before? Before, oh, kind okay. of. Yeah, I should have just phrased it like that. That was I, I, I was really not a fan. Yeah, I why? was really not a fan. Oh, just you know, maybe you know, a bit of ignorance and not mm. knowing, you know, the positive. You you always look every time you look and you know, I did a bit of research and if you really look, if you don't look carefully, I say, uh, I, I would say, you will see that there's a, a really a lot of uh, stuff around that is really negative towards stimulant medication mm -hmm. because I think this is just absolute ignorance. Yeah. And once you got di di diagnosed and then we were given the literature and we read and blah, we were reassured. And we, we, and we knew that we didn't have to give it to you for a long time. It was just a trial. Mm. And when we saw... And I didn't have to do yeah, it if yeah, I didn't want no, to no, either. No, 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 no. no. Like, like we always said, it was, uh, uh, yeah, it was your choice. We, we asked you, do you want to do it? Yes or no? Mm. And you said, absolutely. absolutely. And, uh, and I'm sure you now you really don't regret it at all. And we don't regret it as well. But because we had, case, we had a case at school where we shouldn't wait, it didn't work for them. Mm. Because unfortunately, it doesn't work for, for everyone. everyone. I wish. And it just takes, you know, sometimes one or two cases of people, you know, it didn't work for to form an opinion, which is really silly. Because two people, to people. Two people is not a study. Yeah. Yeah. Compared yeah? to the... People, the, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's not a study. It's not a. It works for a vast majority of people. So I think giving it a go. People have got this idea that suddenly, you, oh, you're gonna become a zombie. A they zombie. view it as like depressive medication. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That it's this a zombie, or you're gonna become addicted, or yeah. anything, and just and that uh, it makes you smarter. There was always this idea that. Oh, but it's like, yeah, you just use it to make the kids smarter. No, no, I don't think it's to make you smarter, not, but not. I think it's to, to make you more focused. Mm. It's I to think bring it's out idea. the yes. smartness. Well, a lot of students uh, during um, exam period mm. and whatever uh, use this type of medication, illegally, of course. Don't do just it. To, um, mm. Just to... Um, just... Um, to focus. To focus. And you have something to say about that, yes? Did I? 
Yes, what was it that story about that in fact it's a it's a it's doesn't work like that. Actually. It doesn't work no, that it doesn't work like that. That um you know, a lot of students and a lot of also like I I won't even use another example because it's about a reality TV show, but a lot of students use it and it actually makes you really aggressive mm. and it doesn't make you focus because essentially stimulant medications are methamphetamine. They're um, a medical form of speed that mm-hmm. you can only get very specially with a doctor and you have to ring people to get the script. And if you take it and you don't have ADHD, it has the opposite effect. It makes you high and it makes you very aggressive. Mm-hmm. It completely changes your mood. And well, then, for you, it makes you focus and for it me, centers you. It centers, and I think there was someone at school who told me a story. They were popping Ritalin at a party. I don't know where they got it from. And this one girl took it and everyone else was off their face and she was super calm and just sitting there. And she went home and explained to her mum and then they she went to see someone she got diagnosed with ADHD. And they found that it, That's the story that's the I story wanted you to tell. That, that, yes, that's the story I wanted you to tell. Had, she was very calm. Yeah. And everyone else mm. was like, whoa wrong with you isn't it working did you really take it and she was yeah but if you ever come across someone offering you real and don't take it because you can go into cardiac arrest yeah. it's speed mm. it's mm. literally a stimulant class a drug it's a class a drug that you know doctors and lawyers take to deal with their mm. with their stress but that's it with you Thank you so much for being my first ever guest on my podcast. Pleasure, Lucy. Let's give him a round of applause. Put in sound effects, Trent. Add them in. And, and I'll see you at dinner ta- at the dinner table, probably. Of course, because I'm not in a studio. He didn't just come in. I'll be one day. I'll be rich enough with this podcast where I'll have my own studio and I'll be able to take you out to nice restaurants. Yes. Merci. Merci. Merci.